This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt, he's the CEO of SOM International, and with Chad Bullard, he's the CEO of China Aid. Now, David, we've had some really great guests on the show lately, and Chad, I'm so excited that you're here. David, tell us a little bit about how you came to know Chad and the work that he's doing over at China Aid. Well, really, the connection with Chad first connects with Bob Fu, who's the founder. Mm and really the voice for China Aid. And mm, okay. he, back to the early 2000s, when I was a voice of the martyrs of those days. And, and I mean, Bob is just an amazing individual, which I know Chad will speak so highly of. They work yeah. right together. And so Bob just inspired me through the years of all that he's done. He was at Tiananmen Square. He's suffered persecution. Oh, wow. He had to flee. He's one of the most wanted in China because he's exposed to human rights abuses. Mm. And he served the persecuted church in China like no one I know. And, and so so I, I, I love China Aid, Bob Fu, and then through RLP, Religious Liberties Partners, who we are associated in, a, in that organization to serve the persecuted church, ultimately, and those who are suffering from not having freedom of belief, that Chad and I were able to get to know each other this last conference. And I just, uh, I, I heard some of the stories that's happening that I, you know, I'm just looking forward to what God's put upon Chad's heart, how mm-hmm. the persecution, the government, what, you know, man's doing, but, but what's even more glorious, Mark, is what God is doing, providing through That's his right. people, his church in China. So I'm I'm excited to have Chad. So Chad, welcome, brother. And I want you to just introduce yourself and then go ahead and just, we'd love to hear your spiritual story of your own personal leadership of really Christ calling in your life to the persecuted church and ultimately to serving in leadership with China Aid. Absolutely. Thank you so much, David, Mark. Thanks so much for just just having me on. My story goes back that uh, I received Christ at, a, at a, the age of about nine, and I always had a dream of I wanted to be a, a police officer and I wanted to work with the government. That was my ultimate. And so upon graduating college, I started applying at different police departments, and I was hired as a police officer. And I'll never forget, I was sitting on patrol one night at about two in the morning. It was freezing cold outside. And I literally, I said a prayer. I was like, God, I want to see the world. And about six months later, 9-11 happened. So I applied to be an air marshal, and I was on my way to Philadelphia, and then I was hired as an air marshal. So that's kind of where it all started. So my background is in federal law enforcement. I was uh, with Homeland Security there in Washington, D.C., and also in Dallas, working on the terrorism task force with the FBI. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you then got connected with China Aid. Uh, It's a very unique ministry. Yes. So I was a, I was a, a police officer and a federal law enforcement officer for about, I guess, going on about 15 years. And I got promoted. I was a GS-14 at that point. And it was one of those God moments where I'm sitting there and I'm watching. It was President Obama at that time. He's landing out there in front of the White House. And I was in a meeting, a, a top secret meeting. And literally the Lord spoke to me and said, Chad, I've given you everything that you've ever asked for. Mm. Now it's time to work for me. And within a year of wow. that prayer right there, and that, that speaking, I was at a, at a large church in Midland, Texas, is where yeah. I went to work. And that's how I end up meeting Bob. They asked me to be on the board at that time. Well, uh, Chad, tell me this. What are some of the misconceptions about human rights and religious freedom in China right now? I, I, you and I were talking before that not a lot of people understand what's happening there. What's really going on in China? So Xi Jinping set it up where you have to have your church registered. And basically, you have to follow the guidelines that they set out. 
So as opposed to having the Holy Spirit and the Bible and then doing all the things that we do as Christians, they take charge of what you believe in. And so you don't have the freedom of religion in China. They portray as if they do, but they don't. Uh, we have numerous friends and colleagues that have been arrested, even as just as recently as last week. We received a video. Hmm. Basically, the police department, the CCP, goes in, takes charge of the church, and starts arresting people. We get that wow. all the time just for literally worshiping. So huh. there's this misconception of everything's great over there and everything's going well. We love the Chinese people. The Chinese people yeah. are great. But what it is is they don't have the freedom to worship. And there's right. so much surveillance, so many wiretaps and all the things that, that the Chinese Communist Party does. It, it makes it very, very difficult, very, very restrictive. Um, there's been a recent story, David, about this, this church that was brought to a place of safety. Do you want to Tell us a little bit about this this a church that they were just working with. Chad, yeah, I, I think we're, Mark, you're talking about the Mayflower Church? Yeah, that that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, so Chad, I thought the Mayflower Church story is so amazing how it really exemplifies, illustrates how the Chinese government's trying to deal with Christians and the congregation of God's people and how God's people are responding and what God's doing. So I don't know if you can maybe start, get into that story and illustrate some of this crackdown and yet the response of the leadership there and what, what the Lord's doing. Absolutely. So the, the leader of that congregation, his name is Pastor Pan. And uh, Pastor Pan, he was a surgeon in China. And he ended up leading his congregation. And they just received so much persecution. This started three years ago. So much persecution. They made a decision that, you know what, we're going to raise our kids with Christian principles. And the government was like, no, you're not. You're going to raise them how we say and so the church took a vote and called up China Aid and said, how do we get out of here? And so that's where we came in. Bob has a good relationship with Pastor Pan, and they end up fleeing with about 63 members to uh, Jeju Island in South Korea. Well, I'd like to hear a little bit more about that story, but David, we probably should take a break and I have a few more questions to ask right after this break. So when we get back, we'll hear more about the Mayflower Church and about this incredible work that Chad is a part of with China Aid. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Every Sunday in America, over 60 million people freely walk into the doors of a church fellowship. But not everyone enjoys this kind of social freedom. Christians face harassment in 145 countries around the world. Some even give their lives today because of their faith in Jesus. Persecution is harsh. Women and children are the most vulnerable of all people groups. But be inspired that your family in Christ is boldly sharing love and hope despite local officials doing everything they can to silence them. In fact, let me assure you that our prayers today bring them comfort and love. Thank you for standing with our persecuted family. To stay informed and to help assist, go to spiritofmartyrdom.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. Also online with Chad Bullard. He's the CEO of China Aid. Now, Chad, you were just telling us about the Mayflower Church and how you were able to get them out of China into the next place. But the story continues on. Uh, tell us what happened after you, able, you were able to get them out that first time. Yeah, so we were able to uh, get them basically to a refuge there in uh, Jeju Island in South Korea. But the pressure just over time, between the Chinese and, the, and the, the South Korean government. 
So if you'll notice, the Chinese is kind of have they kind of have their fingers all across the world. Hmm. Very very large population, 1.3 billion, and they want control. And so they started putting pressure on the South Korean government, which made them have to find another location. So they were going to send them back to China, which we knew we could not let happen. Basically, right. they were looking at severe persecution. And during this process, the family members of the Mayflower Church were also being targeted back in the mainland. Hmm. So there was a twofold there. So basically, we said, OK, we got to get them out of there somehow. And we were able right. to work a deal out where we can get them into Thailand. So that's what hmm. we did. So that was our next stop. We got them into Thailand. And soon we ran into trouble over there. The immigration authorities, they started putting pressure. The government of Thailand was putting pressure on the people that were renting the properties to the Mayflower Church. And so we had to evacuate multiple times over there in Thailand due to the pressure. And we felt that that was just due to surveillance from the Chinese Communist Party that was on the ground in Thailand. Uh, putting pressure on the Thai government. Well, then you said that they were putting pressure on their family back home. Tell us more about that. And was that resolved? Uh, or is that still continuing? That is still continuing as of right now. It slowed down once uh, at the end of the story. It's kind of slowed down. But we had threats of just, I mean, threats of arrest from property, seizing property. I, I mean, you name it, we had threats. We documented over 50 threats to family members over this time. Matter of fact, one of them, the pastor's wife, Pastor Pan, his wife, her mom actually had a heart attack. They were so concerned. Now, I remember, Chad, too, you talked about how there were Chinese agents who ultimately continued to track down the location, whereabouts, and the activities of the Mayflower Church, both in South Korea and then Thailand. And for that reason, they had to continue to move around. And then it came to this climax that they put pressure on the Thai government and they were going to have to fly back into, they're going to have to send them back to China, which could be their ultimate demise for many of them. And and there's an amazing story how the Lord provided. Can you kind of bring us to what, how the Lord provide for our brothers and sisters and, and the conclusion of the story? Absolutely. So we were currently working and Pastor Pan heard one of the, the church members talking and it just happened to walk by the, the place where we were renting there. And he overheard this loud conversation and it was going back and forth. And after the conversation, he walked in and talked to him and said, who are you talking to? And he tried to hide the phone. And finally, he realized that he was talking to the police in China. And so the elders immediately had a meeting. We had to seize his phone. Bob called me and he's like, Chad, are you busy? And I was like, what do you got? He said, can you go to the Dallas airport? I need you in Thailand now. I was like, I'm on my way. So four hours later, I was on a plane to Thailand wow. because we knew that we were probably compromised. And sure enough, so he had dropped the pin, gave the location. So basically they, being the Chinese government, had rolled one of the church members and started putting pressure on his father, which made him roll. Wow. And so I immediately flew out there and we started the process of moving them locations within 24 hours. We had a new location for them to be. And obviously we had to remove him from the church because he was one of the, the members that had been rolled and gave up that location. Mm. So that was one of the things that we had to do. We gave him money. We still we still cared for him. The, the church still really cared for him. And we knew he was being basically threatened and, and put under pressure and, and duress uh, with his family back home. And so he ended up rolling on them. And so we had to release him but then we had to move to the new location. 
So we moved to another location for a period of time, which was pretty much unsafe. There was a time there that it got pretty scary, just a, kind of a gang infested area in oh, Thailand. Wow. And so, yeah, we were out there having a meeting. And the next thing we know, we got a guy with an AR-15 right in front of our face. Oh, my gosh. So that was one of the things that we we had to deal with. So we said, you know what? This is not a safe location. Had to move them to the, another location where they were previously at at one point. And within 48 hours, the police were on them with the infamous Thai immigration, large trucks with wire on them, and they loaded them up and arrested all 63 members in this process. Oh my goodness! Well, then, then what happened? What happened next? Uh, they they go to jail. Or what 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 happens next? So this is this is what happened next. So they took them to jail, mm-hmm. and we were able to China Aid was able to bond them out pretty quickly. And that was in uh, another location that wasn't in Bangkok. Well, through just the different, uh, just the political reasons, they wanted to take them to the infamous Thai immigration prison, which was in Bangkok. So they ended up loading them up on buses. And at one point, the Thai authorities told them, we're taking you to the airport. You're going back to China. Well, you can imagine how that went. So Bob oh, sure. was on the phone with one of the members mm-hmm. and saying, no, you cannot. You got to stop the bus. You got to you can do do ever what you got to do, but do not let them take you to the airport. Well, I had just flown out the day before they got arrested, but one of our employees was still there. So he was coming back in a rental car. And I said, basically, you do not let them go to the, the Bangkok airport. You cannot. If they fly out, we're done. Like we're going to this is not going to turn out well. Hmm. So there was a point in time where some of the women on the bus charged the bus and actually shut the bus down because he couldn't drive the bus anymore. So the bus was pulled over on freeway. We're seeing this in live time because we had people from the church that were able to videotape it. So we're seeing it. It's getting sent to us. We're calling Congress. We're calling the White House. We're, We're doing everything we can to get some type of humanitarian parole, something, because we had working with the State Department for several years now. And they were moving forward on it, but this was imminent right here because mm. we were thinking they were going to get shipped back to, to China. Mm. So they they end up putting them in the Thai prison, which which gave us a little bit of time to, okay, let's regroup. Let's figure out our next steps. So then they're, they're sitting in the Thai prison, and I, I'm uh, imagining, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, this is men, women, children. These are entire families that are, that are arrested in prison. I, I can't quite imagine what that's like. And then... Uh, what happens next? How does the story continue to unfold? So what happens next is they split all the, the, the small children. They went with the mom in, into that prison. And then the men and some of the boys, 14, 15, 16, they went to the men prison. So they had split them up. And so we had employees there on the ground in Thailand that would bring them food and do different things. And miraculously, we got a cell phone in there. So we had direct access inside the prison of actually what was going on. So we were in touch with Pastor Pan and in direct communication with him. And the beauty of having a cell phone is he could translate from Chinese into Thai so he could communicate with the with other people that were in that prison. Chad, I, I think this is a great point because uh, we're going to do a second episode. So I want to bring people back so they can hear the conclusion of this. Because so far, what I've heard you talking about is a leadership on many levels. I mean, people in the State Department you're mentioning, your staff, the Chinese believers, all having to participate ultimately to come against the corruption and uh, and the Chinese government here trying to control people's faith, freedom of even movement, 
freedom of, of belief and, and, and worship. And um, I mean, you know, I, I hope people are hearing your heart, what's going on. Let's, uh, Mark, let's go ahead and conclude here. And then we want to invite people back next week to hear the conclusion of really what happens now with the Mayflower Church. And then we're going to talk more about what's going on in China and how people could pray and be involved. Yeah, well, we want to equip you, encourage you to be a better leader in the kingdom of God. And that's why we invite you to be involved with those who are risking much for Jesus. You can start your involvement just by subscribing to our newsletter. Our newsletter comes out with stories about what's happening every month inside the persecuted church. And you can sign up for that at riskradio.com. Now, Chad, I know there are a, a number of different things that you guys produce. I saw that you put out a daily update. You put out a you put out some kind of print update. You also have you know prayer requests and Bibles into China. Tell us how people can get involved with China Aid. Yeah, absolutely. They can go to our website. It's it's just chinaaid.org. Chinaaid.org. You can see the stuff that we're doing. We're uh, always updating the website. We have a, a media team. We have a news team that both updates in the States and in China uh, live time, basically what's going on within the last 24 hours. So we would love to have you be a part of that. Perfect. Hey, At Risk Radio and SOM International, we're funded by you. If you want to support SOM International or by becoming a monthly donor or by exchanging a donation for a book in our bookstore, you can visit the SOM Bookstore at SOMBookstore.com or you can become a monthly donor at SpiritofMartyrdom.com. Well, hey, part two is coming up next week. So until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.